So yes, tell us a little bit about Atlanta Pride's like mission. Like what is, what is it really, what is it focused on and how have you been shaping it the last few years? Sure, the mission of Atlanta Pride is to advance unity, visibility, and wellness among persons with diverse gender and sexual orientations through cultural, social, political, and wellness events. Uh, and what all of that she means- I love that mission statement She has said it before. Welcome to The Gaily Dose, the weekly podcast made for and by gay men and their allies. We're a podcast with a mission, elevated conversation with the hopes of building a deeper sense of community in the gay world. Shall it's time to come take your Gaily Dose. Welcome to The Gaily Dose. This is Helmut Lucero Domogolski. I'm here today with my good friend. Hello, it's Dante Adonis Rhodes. Don't forget to check us out online at thegailydose.com, anywhere you can find podcasts by searching The Gaily Dose, and any social media platform by searching at The Gaily Dose Pod. Don't forget to give us a five-star review, even if you don't like us. It's greatly appreciated. Always it is. And today, <laughs> today, dolls, we have with us our special guest, Jamie Ferguson with Atlanta Pride. Hello. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you. Welcome to the Gaily Dose. Excellent. Glad to be here with you both. Yeah. We, um, we well, let's see. First of all, it's a dose, obviously, of Atlanta Pride. But um, what our listeners don't know is that uh, the Atlanta Pride organization has been a very helpful and encouraging organization to our efforts. So very early on, we were starting um, starting up, um, kind of reached out to Atlanta Pride and got lots of support from their team and encouragement. And they even helped us with uh, some of our first guests to just make sure that we were on the map. So thank you so much, Jamie, for being a friend to The Dose. Happy to do it. We always need uh, more good voices in the community and, and more entertainment and reliable places to get connected with each other. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're super stoked to have you here. And actually, we're doing this as the first of a series. So we're doing seven days of Pride. Yes, honey, seven whole days. Yes, Woo. we have really exciting guests lined up. Um, and uh, you, you dolls are going to learn more and hear more and see more of that as we're trying to do more video, as you can tell, because we're, we're trying out. So be, be patient with us. <laughs> uh, Dante, you have anything uh, set up for Pride or um, planning on it? Just the usual runabout of the circuit parties. That's about it. <laughs> oh. Oh, she a circuit queen. You'll be there too, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm actually planning, I'm doing a bus ride to one of them. Like, I'm just doing one party, like my Which little one? token one. I think it's the main the main event party. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, see, I'm not going to Smyrna. I'm just going to stick to Midtown that okay, night. Okay, there you go. I don't, like, why do I want to go to the Smyrna? You know what? I'm doing it because it's just part of the fun. Like, that's not Smyrna Pride. <laughs> and plus, I mean, someone's got to be the 45-year-old in the, the crowd. I'm I mean, sure there'll, be, there'll be more than a few. Yeah. <laughs> the majority oh. of them will be. <laughs> oh, oh, the majority. Majority, not the majority. Those are only people that mind going OTP. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, no, but there's still an aquarium. There's um, there's going to be some people in the park on Saturday. I think there's still plenty of ways to get out there and and socialize with the community in a safe way. Um, and speaking of Pride, let's talk a little bit about um, this year's Pride event and what what's going on with that or not going on with that, Jamie. Sure. So the Atlanta Pride Committee made the decision to cancel the festival and parade. Okay. Um, and we did that. It was primarily a health decision. Uh, we did that after consulting with a number of folks at the CDC and Emory and, um, you know, some other officials about that. And, and ultimately, we just decided that the best thing to do since the, the pandemic is ongoing was was not to gather in our format, we really didn't have the opportunity to require vaccinations or to require masking. And 
you know, while things have gotten a little bit better in the past couple of weeks, you know, COVID cases right now are still seven times what they were over the summer, and we're still at 90% of the peak from January. So we all want COVID to be gone right now, and we all want the pandemic to be done, but unfortunately, it, it's still very alive right here in Georgia, and our hospitals are really struggling. And Yes, they are. Yeah, so yeah. we decided to be a, a good citizen, but as you mentioned, there's still a lot going on with, uh, you know, private businesses, private parties, and other organizations in town. So people who feel safe celebrating and want to celebrate, there will be plenty of opportunities. And then we are also trying to fill in the gap with some of the uh, other programs that we can do virtually or in a safer way in person. That's awesome. I um, So you can go online, Dolls, and look for that. I know that it's it's been, honestly, it's just hard to maintain. Like, how are you going to stop people from getting into the parade or on the parade line? There won't be a parade. What do you mean stop people? That's what I mean. Like, oh. I just did the... I Tra just traffic did, won't be shut down, so yeah. please don't go stand in the streets. I, know. I just did the HIV AIDS walk, and they had, like, you had to have, it's like, whether it's vaccinations, whether it's certain, like, control around the crowd it was it was there was an ability for them to control what yeah. was going yeah you can't out. control three hundred thousand gays in the city honey <laughs> you can't control three <laughs> good luck with that oh well i appreciate that little kind of update for our our dolls on that but uh maybe we can take a little moment and go back to our handshake so every guest that comes to the Daily Dose, we always have one big important lovely question we ask them so that the dolls can really get a better idea of who you are so jamie if you don't mind telling us what was your coming out story like in your journey to getting there oh so i i think coming out is an everyday journey right we do that all the time um but my first coming out story i was about 18 years old um i lived in a small town in north georgia I was a very good kid. I was like a straight A student. I had never done anything wrong in my whole life. Um, and, you know, I was, uh, I actually ended up coming out while I was running for student body president at my Christian college at the time. Talk about shock factor. Yeah. Christian right? college. Hey. Um, I was actually outed on campus that um, some of my campaign posters had like, uh, you know, queer and different things written on them. Oh, no. And oh. an official with the school called me into their office and said, oh my God, who's saying these things about you? It's terrible. Do you know who it is? If we find that, like, is it the other person in the race? We'll kick them out. Um, and I broke down and I was like, but what if it's true? And that uh, administrator said, well, then I'm not sure that's what we need representing our school. Oh, Jesus. Um, and yes, that's Christian school. <laughs> right. And uh, I will say they're doing better these days, but at the time it was rough. And that set off a chain of events where my parents found out I wasn't ready to tell them. They're now incredibly supportive and wonderful, but it was hard for a minute. Um, you know, I ended up leaving that school. I was one semester away from graduating. No. Um, and, you know, I moved down to Atlanta. I, I packed my bags and, and, and moved down to Atlanta and uh, started with Hands on Atlanta. I was a Vista, so I got a gig doing that, moved into a little apartment in Midtown and figured it all out from there. Uh, so it was, it was, it was a lot, um, but it, it wasn't how I would have planned it and it was not gentle. Um, but ultimately it led to a lot of great things in my life and, and, um, you know, I'm really happy with where I am now. That's awesome. And you, I, I, I believe you have a son, right? I do. I have a nine year old who is amazing and my favorite person. Aww. Um, also my parents are amazing these days and I have a sister who's wonderful. So, you know, even though coming out was, was, was tough, um, you know, we're all really close and have worked through a lot of that and I, 
when we have pride in person, they all come down and enjoy it with us. It was oh, that's incredible. That's fun. That's full circle. Yeah, one of the best moments of my life was being at the front of the pride parade with my mother and my child. Uh, my dad was also there, but he he wasn't able to walk the route, so he was sitting along the route. And uh, it was really one of the best moments of my life to have felt it all come together in a way that I never could have imagined as a child or a teenager. Oh, that sounds beautiful. I know that I feel that special connection with my daughters when we do anything in a kind of queer space. Um, so I, I relate to it, but that's awesome. One day I'll have my own kids to take to queer things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day, I can't wait. You know, but she's, she has a boy, so, you know, would you take a boy? I know you want three girls. I You've said that girls. a million times I want three podcast. girls. I'm going to have three girls. It's oh. not that I want, I'm going to have three girls. It is not a question. It's not a question. So basically, if you're a man out there who wants to date Dante and you want a son, be prepared for four children at least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want four kids. I don't want a son. You wouldn't take the, the, the would, trade-in? No, no trade-ins no <laughs> no swaps okay that's okay. what he wants we're not meant to be together oh my gosh okay her way or the highway because i'm gonna have my kids regardless i'm not gonna let a man define my future oh, are you Ooh. serious Ooh. okay <laughs> you never know how those children will surprise you <laughs> it can start one way and end up another true you know I, they'll be they'll be assigned a gender at birth and if that's their journey that's their journey i'll embrace it yes i may have a son after all she may <laughs> i love it that's awesome i um so so how did you wind up at Pride? Like, tell us that journey. What what brought you there? So, um, the first time I ever attended Atlanta Pride was in 2001. Um, I was 19. I was in the middle of you know really tough coming out period. I had I was I literally moved to Atlanta from Rome, Georgia, on Pride weekend. That wasn't planned, but it, it happened that way. Talk about purpose. I know, right? And uh, my best friend um, and I literally just ended up on Peachtree Street. We knew there was something gay happening. And <laughs> we just, we ended up right in front of like St. Mark's Church. We both grew up Methodist. My grandfather was a preacher. His mom was a preacher. And we were like, oh my God, there's a Methodist church with rainbow flags on it. We think we have died. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it was really life-changing that year to see it. Um, and then the next year I started coming back and volunteering. Uh, I worked, I've worked for almost 20 years now in nonprofits, all different kinds of nonprofits with youth and women's clauses and, and literacy. And I continued to volunteer with Atlanta Pride. In 2015, our former executive director left the role and some folks on the board asked me if I would apply. So I stepped back from the board, I applied for the job and I got it. And now I've been here um, just over six years and it has been a crazy, wild, wonderful journey that I also never could have imagined. Hey dolls, many of you know pets can be vital companions and contribute to our health and well-being. When we asked Edie Cheeseburger, she named Pals Atlanta her preferred not-for-profit, a group dedicated to providing care and support for pets of Atlanta persons living with HIV, AIDS, other terminal illnesses, and the elderly. They've helped thousands of people to keep their animals, thereby living healthier, happier lives. Yet support during COVID has been hard. Give or volunteer your time by visiting PalsAtlanta.org or on social media at Pals Atlanta. Thanks dolls! What is it like being a lesbian in a community that is like, like a like a lesbian leader in a queer community? Like, how has it been for you? That's a tough question because you know our community is made up of all kinds of people—people people of every gender, you know, people of every background. But often, you know, LGBTQ plus serving organizations have been historically led by men, almost always by cisgender people, almost always by white people in the past. Uh, white men in queer organizations like many other organizations have historically been the biggest voice and 
while our community is incredibly diverse, the folks who hold power haven't shifted that much yet. Mm-hmm. It's changing. It's changing every day. Um, sometimes it's completely fine. There, there are places where it's an asset. There are places where it's fine. You know, but I will say that I have definitely received more criticism and anger and meanness from men um, in this role than I ha- ever have in any job I've ever had before this. Uh, and, and some of it's specifically about, you know, women aren't in touch with what we want. Women don't know how to plan the parties we want. Um, when we recently canceled Pride, there was a, a bar owner who put something on Facebook that said, you know, someone who's a mother should never plan these events because, you know, they don't, they're not, she's out of touch. She doesn't know what we want. And, and that's definitely been a, been a feature, um, you know, but there are also men who are wonderful and there are women who are wonderful and women who are harder to deal with and trans folks who run the spectrum as well. So, you know, there certainly is a gendered aspect to it. Just like we as a community are not immune to racism, mm-hmm. we're not immune to sexism, we're not immune to transphobia or immigrant bias or age bias, and it's it's just something that we don't talk about very much. Yep, we have it all. Let me tell you, none of us are untouchable when it comes to hate. Oh, it's true. And I, um, first of all, can I just say I really appreciate you being vulnerable enough to talk about that. I feel like, um, you know, it's so easy to throw cheap shots from the sidelines. Atlanta Pride is you're the great integrator of all of these letters, right? It's a it's a hallmark of our experience in the city. So many of us have that first big pride experience, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many other people like me. Um, but I think that that bias towards whatever people have, right? Whether it's towards cis, male, what, white, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's very real. Um, and um, I appreciate you sticking through it despite that. Um, you're one of the the more prominent female leaders in the community that's available and out there doing doing the job of leadership. And I know leadership is not easy, period. It is not. It comes with a lot of stress, a lot of challenges, <laughs> a lot of difficulties, especially with an organization that is that large with that much influence. A lot of sleepless nights, a lot of a lot of tears. Uh, you know, I will say there's everybody's upset about us canceling Pride this year, right? I mean, it's really sad. It's awful. None of us wanted to be in a pandemic two years in a row. None of us wanted to do it the first year, and we especially didn't want to do it this year. We had so many plans in place. We had a great lineup. We had everything done. You had a really good lineup. You did. And it just, (laughs) it just was the, it was the right decision and the most responsible thing. But, you know, I guarantee nobody in town has cried more tears over it than I have, you know, with canceling because it's just not something you want to do. But with leadership, sometimes comes the job of making hard decisions, even when they're unpopular, even when people don't understand them. And, um, you know, it's hard, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a real person. I have real feelings <laughs> and, 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 you know, I try to, I try to do my job outside of those things, but at the end of the day, sometimes it, sometimes it hurts. Yeah. Shit happens. It does. And I know you take very, we talked earlier about how you take very earnestly the fact that there are many businesses and, and organizations that, that, um, benefit from the event. Um, and that's just the reality. I would encourage our dolls. If you guys do have feedback for, uh, for Atlanta Pride on anything, I know that Jamie and her team are very open to that. So if you want to tell them how to smurf a better party, tell them. <laughs> you know, they'll they'll take the or the better feedback. yet, come volunteer and help with it. Yes, there you go. That's a good one right there. Don't complain if you don't have the wherewithal to act. Absolutely, a very good point. So yes, tell us a little bit about Atlanta Pride's like mission. Like what is what is it really? What is it focused on? And how have you been shaping it the last few years? Sure. The mission of Atlanta Pride is to advance unity, visibility, and wellness among persons with diverse gender and sexual orientations through 
cultural, social, political, and wellness events. Uh, and what all of that she means. I love that mission statement <laughs> she right has there, said it before. And what all of that means. So that's a new mission statement as of 2015. We went through, you know, a bit of a, a, a process in 2015 and 2016 saying, you know, who are we? What are we doing? You know, is all we want to do in life have a festival and parade? We put on an awesome festival and parade, but don't we want to do more than that? And we had been doing a little more than that. I and mean, that's the part of ourselves we as an organization decided we want to lean into. So since 2015, 2016, we have um, doubled the number of educational and advocacy programs that we're doing. That's good. We started um, a C4 organization, which will allow us to do some more official advocacy. Uh, we're not going to turn into, you know, we'll leave Georgia Equality to do Georgia Equality's business with candidates, but we're able to do some more advocacy, particularly around issues and things that impact our community. We have um, greatly increased our grants program. That's my favorite thing that we do. We went from giving less than $20,000 a year in 2015 to over $120,000 in 2019. That program was on hiatus last year, but it's back this year, and I'm Yay. super excited about it. And and we've also just been working you know, specifically to increase um, diversity, equity, and engagement in our organization and our programs, which is slow and difficult and imperfect, and we make mistakes, but we're really trying. And, you know, the other flip side of that coin is when you start doing more power sharing or sharing the focus or sharing who's in the spotlight, there are people who are getting less of the spotlight, yeah. and uh, they're not always happy about that. So, uh, you know, that that's some of the stuff we've been leaning into and that we're continuing to lean into. What is the what is the grant program? Can you explain a little more just for... Sure. So community reinvestment has been something that's been around for... A while, I think about 15 years at Atlanta Pride. I'd have to look up the exact date, but it's giving back money to other organizations in the community. In 2015, with our last strategic plan, we decided that we wanted to go from giving one or two percent of our budget to seven percent of our budget every year. That's a big year. increase. Mm -hmm. It's a huge increase. Um, it's it's honestly not something that I'm aware of any other organization like ours doing at that level. Um, and during the same time, our budget tripled. Um, so when you got to that, you went from when you, when you put both of this thing together, you went from 20000 to 120000 in about four years, which was amazing. And these grants are smaller grants that are intended to go usually to small organizations. Sometimes we fund small programs at big nonprofits that are to make the lives better of LGBTQ plus folks in our region. Um, we funded everything from uh, diploma programs to housing to arts um, education, all of those things, and we give them to the organization in uh, acknowledging that we need more than one organization to do all this work. Mm -hmm. There is no organization that can be everything to everyone, and that um, you know, Atlanta Pride is a big organization. We're we've, we're older, and historically, we have access to funds and resources that some of these smaller nonprofits, especially if they're led by people of color, trans folks, elders, women, seniors may not have access to. And so we prioritize those folks who have less access to those resources in giving out of our grant funds. That's awesome. That's very, um, I love the umbrella concept right there because you're basically going to large organizations, you're gathering the funds together to you know put on the, the, the festival, all the education, and then you're giving a portion of that back into organizations that can reach further than you can. Exactly, if you grew up in the church, it's like tithing sort of. Uh, I love that. <laughs> No, it is. It's funny, right? Because there are so many of these models that we, all of us being former church kids, 
we learned right in one model right and then we're sort of passing on in a different way money really makes the world go around in every capacity you know and you you from all of those things in our past take what works keep it embrace it and let go of the things that don't serve you anymore is is really the the best way so i think that in the queer community we have the benefit of all these people coming from different backgrounds bringing in sometimes practices that work sometimes practices that don't and we have the opportunity to figure out what's good for us um i forgot we have a brand new grant this year that i'm also super excited about i just signed the checks last week so i should have remembered oh, yes checks so it's called the pride the dose. And- <laughs> no no no, no, no. don't don't get me in trouble um no, so no. uh we started a grant program this year that was announced um right after we canceled the festival and parade called pride in action and so one of the things that happens, particularly at the festival, sometimes the parade, but mostly the festival, is that nonprofits use the festival as a platform to recruit donations, recruit volunteers, to connect with people who need their services, to provide services, all sorts of things. And since we're not having an in-person event this year, they're obviously not able to do that. So we did a rapid response grant. Um, it, it was less than two weeks from the time it was announced till the checks were in people's hands. Oh, wow. That is um, rapid. Where we said, if you're an organization that can help, that was planning to use the Pride Festival as a way to recruit people, money, resources, um, you know, come and, you know, apply for these grants. And we gave grants up to $2,000. Say, let's figure out another way to do that work. So... Uh, the announcement's coming out in just a few days, so I can't spoil who it is, but I can tell you we're funding some programs for teens and young people and their families. We're funding some religious programming, some sobriety support programming. We're doing some arts programming and things that would have happened in the festival that we still think are important and we want to facilitate. So rewrote checks to those other community groups and nonprofits so that they can continue that work. That was going to be my next question. You answered it right there. Wow, that was very proactive of y'all to do that. Yeah. I, you know, I gotta say something too. I, I know that we had ter- talked earlier about how that there was pushback that like, hey, here we have this a lesbian leader, a mother at that. And I think, you know, I look at that kind of model and that is so family oriented, meaning it's truly you're leading and helping to support an entire queer community and family with those money and those dollars. And honestly, a heart behind this head right here that's thinking about (laughs) the rest of us, right? And thinking about all these organizations. Um, You're an important life support to a lot of of things happening in this city and your community. Well, I hope so. That's that's the goal, right? Um, you know, I always say that as as queer community, you know, we call each other family all the time, chosen family. It's it's you know part of our part of our our shared vocabulary, and we have the best parts of family, and we have the not so good parts of family, <laughs> right? You know, the dysfunction. If, well, right. And so, I mean, who pushes your buttons better than your family, right? Yeah. No one. That is very true. I, I have a teacher who says that your family knows how to push all your buttons because um, they helped install them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. And that so, is a good one. you know, we push each other's buttons, but we also rally around each other when we can, um, you know, and sometimes there's, there's people who don't get along, but ultimately we have a common interest and we have a common history and, you know, hopefully we have a common future. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I'm very clear that I cannot please everyone. You know, before we canceled the event, we were getting screaming phone calls every day from people telling us, you know, you're going to kill people, you're murderers, you know, we already lost half our community to AIDS, we don't want to lose more people to a pandemic, you know, you're awful people, screaming messages. Um, and the vast majority of the feedback we've got since canceling has been either thank you or we're super disappointed, but we understand. 
but there's been a small group of really angry, really loud people <laughs> about it. And I, and I get why they're upset, right? I, I completely understand it. Um, and to the extent that we can have productive conversations about it and engage with each other in a way that's, you know, caring and proactive, I think that's good. But there also becomes a point where if, if it's just mean and hurtful, then you have to step back and say, I'm going to, I'm going to go do the good work I can do and control the things I can and step back from, from some of the, you know, the toxic stuff. Yeah. It's hard to do. I mean, it's hard even just as an individual. I'm sure you guys are yeah. used just in your own life, right? As your own leader. It's very true. Hey, Helmut, where do you get your prep? I'm my local pharmacist. Really? Have you heard of AHF Pharmacy? They are not-for-profit. Uh, those pharmacies exist? <laughs> I know more than you. 96% of all of their profits go to help those in need. Wow, 96%. Yep, and they deliver free to your home for all your drug needs. They even staff HIV specialists. It's a full-service pharmacy. Ooh, I like full-service. How do I learn more? <laughs> Look them up at ahfcheshirebridge.com. ahfcheshirebridge.com. I said what I said. So with Pride being canceled this year and there not being any official festival or parade, are there any other events that anyone can attend that weekend? So there are many, many events that you can attend over the weekend. Um, so one thing that we have done this year is for businesses and organizations that have been community partners with Atlanta Pride over the last three years, we have said, we've canceled our events, but we're still happy to help you get out the word of your events on our website, on our social media, so you can check some things out for some of our official partner events. We're hosting some events, a few in person, but a lot digitally. You can check those out on our Facebook page and in our newsletter. And then there are dozens and dozens of private events all over the city at you know different bars and restaurants. Um, you know, some nonprofit organizations are, are hosting some things as well. So there is lots and lots to do if you want to have a busy weekend. And if you're not feeling safe getting out and getting into a crowd, then we're also working to provide some ways that you can engage uh, digitally. That's awesome. I always love our pride because it's kind of like not in the, you know, the chosen June. So I feel like we get like our own private party. Also, it allows me to go to all the other ones in the summer. You know, yeah. it's like I can save mine for the end of the year. Everything else I can be crazy in the summer and go to all those other places. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the best of both worlds. It is. Candidly, right? It really is. And it's not too hot because I hate being in the sun. Yeah. It's always yeah. it's always cooler by the time pride gets here. I love it. I love how you are so averse to the outdoors. No, I do. I really do hate it. It's always too hot. Like, I could do Atlanta Pride all day long, be out there because it's not that hot. If pride was in the summer, honey, I would not show up until night i promise you that much mm -hmm. there would be no park for me there'd be no festival you know oh, people goodness. are very um divided on the june october piece um you know i we get people who are like it's not pride unless it's in june you know we we hate it i hate like, them most people <laughs> most people love october um for a lot of the reasons that you're mentioning and um you know i i will say that the event grew and the organization grew and everything got better when we moved um and we still try to obviously mark June as Stonewall Month as an important time yeah, in our community and our history. But Pride is every single day, right? We need to have events all the time because we're important and we're relevant and we exist every day. Oh, I like that. I want that on a t-shirt. It is. It's like, I, I remember during Pride Month, we did, you know, we did some very special programming that we really focused on for that month. Um, and it was so energizing, right, to get really into into our community. And I feel like we get this extra dose of pride. We do. By getting to come, you know, to yet another. It stretches it out. We should do like a beginning of the year pride. We should do it like January. It'd be kind of fierce. In January? Yeah, so, we could do something in January. So nobody wants to wait until next October to be able to get together, right? 
And so we actually are planning an event. If everybody can get vaccinated and get COVID under control, please, um, it, for next March. So. Oh, wait. Okay. That's the perfect times right after my birthday. I like yeah. the way that sounds. So everybody, <laughs> please, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Get everybody vaccinated. Get your damn shot and put your mask on, please. You know, please be safe. Um, you know, we... We won't hold an event if it's not safe, but um, we have, we, I actually just now, I, my phone buzzed and I got a text message about that event, something that we was just confirmed with the infrastructure. And so we really want to have this event. So please, everybody, you know, help us get COVID under control. Yes. And if you've got friends who are hesitant about getting vaccinated, um, you know, talk to them, Send answer them their resources. questions. Um, you know, there's, we have lots of resources on the Pride website and our social media to help out with that. I don't have those friends, but I have those family members. <laughs> I don't have I don't have either, I would say. So only forty five percent of Georgia's vaccinated. You have those friends even if you don't think you have those friends. Ooh, that's probably true. <laughs> no, I have some coworkers and I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. Um so like thinking about Pride and your your vision for like where this organization what would you like to do in the next five years with this organization? What's your vision for what it how how would you like it to shift and Maybe that'll encourage some of our dolls to think about how they invest their time and maybe they can give more support. Sure. So, you know, I think from the staff perspective and our volunteers perspective and our board, we all spend a ton of time working on things that are not the festival and parade. The festival and parade are incredibly important. They're culturally important. They're culturally relative. They're historically important. They need to exist forever all the time. But this other work is really what we find ourselves nurturing and growing and leaning into, whether it's our grants or the educational and advocacy programming, you know, figuring out how we can support our small business partners and our community nonprofit partners. Um, you know, that's, I think, where we're headed. And I think that's important. You know, I think that if all we do is plan a party, which I don't think that's all we do, but let's say that the only purpose of Atlanta Pride was to plan a party. There are people who are better party planners than we are. Yes. Like, I mean, that's just a that's a secret that I will tell you on the podcast for people to know. <laughs> yeah. There are people in this city and in other places that they plan amazing parties and that's their specialty, right? We're not looking to compete with those people. We never have been, and I don't think that's where it's headed. You know, I, I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't think that's where we're headed. I do think we'll continue to produce these large events and grow them in service of our community and our mission. But the focus, I hope, comes a little bit away from one big event and, and expands to be a little bit more about all of our community work, all of our mission work. You know, I have amazing staff and amazing volunteers and board members who work nonstop to put these other programs together. And they're important and they're meaningful and they make connections with the, the community that we need. And I, and I wish people paid you know, as much attention to that as they did to, to some of the drama stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, also, I don't know if you, is the, is the parade and the associated events, are they, do they actually make money at the end of the day for you all? Or is it a cost more? Just curious. What would they be selling? I don't know. Like maybe like um, to be offload or, you know, yes. get visibility to certain companies. So the, uh, when I started more than 90% of our income was directly related to the festival parade, whether that was market vendor fees, parade entry fees, sponsorship, um, beverage sales. Um, we really don't make any money on t-shirt sales, but you know, like, like those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and now it's still about 70%. So 
it's been growing. Um, we're doing a lot more to raise money from foundations, from grants, from um, other places to fund the community work that we're doing um, that's not directly sponsorship related. But the festival, absolutely. Right now, the festival and parade are, are what pay for pay for the grants, pay for the staff, pay for the other programming. Um, and we haven't had that event last year or this year. We have financially made some some pretty good choices over the last few years so where we're financially stable you know there's there's all sorts of rumors running around that you know Atlanta Pride has no money that's why they can't have a festival that's untrue um we're probably actually going to end this year at least as well off if not better off than we've ever been in the oh, history wow. of our organization that's good um yeah because we've made some good choices and we we've we've spent where we needed to like on community reinvestment and programming but and you know bringing our staff salaries trying to bring them up to where they're you know competitive and make sure everybody has good insurance and that sort of thing um but we've saved money in a lot of other places as well trying to make our investments in places where we're gonna have the most impact and so you know so yes i guess the short answer is yes those are important fundraisers for us but it's not the main reason we do them right and i think that's that's kind of it's, it reminds me, it's very akin to the activity of joining hearts, right? They have a big pool party. That's not what they're doing, but they, that helps fund all those things. And I think the cool part is that you guys have a similar model. Yes, it's a big parade. We, we all love it. There's that emotional connection. And then it allows you to become a vessel for other work in the community, mm -hmm. which is really exciting. That's the goal. Hopefully we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so more of that is what right. we can expect from Atlanta Pride. But also, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like the festival and parade are not priorities because, you know, they're getting bigger. We're putting, you know, more and more money. We, we put double the money into talent now than we did five yeah. years ago. You know, we're, uh, there's always complaints about, you know, why don't you have this person or that person or this or that? But, we're, you know, we're focused on those things and growing it. But growing the event in service to the mission and the community, not the other way around. Got it. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. How do, how do, how, if, if our dolls want to get involved, what, what are some of the ways that they might spend more time with Atlanta Pride? Sure. So, um, we need volunteers. Um, we're having, right now we're not doing a lot of in-person events. Um, but in the spring we'll start recruiting volunteers for in-person events for next year. Um, perhaps earlier next year, since we're planning to have this big March event. And then every year in September, we open for board applications. People can apply to be on the board. Um, but really, one of the best ways is just to start with volunteering. There's a volunteer, there's a contact form on our website. People can fill it out. Uh, again, we may not have events, uh, a lot of events for uh, volunteering in the next couple of months, but we save all the applications and we email everyone um, when we do need people. Awesome. All right. So to close this thing out, we always ask the same question to our guests. What is your dream, hope, or wish for the future of the queer community at large? Oh, I have so many wishes for us. Um, you know, ultimately, I really want a world and a space where all of us are free to achieve our, our potential and our dreams, free of, you know, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, all of the things that hold all of us back collectively. And I think that... Um, you know, one of the things that feeds that is, is as a parent, you have these kids that you want to grow up in a world that will hurt them less than the world hurt you. And, you know, I think that that's why I do this work. And, and I hope that it's why all of us do this work. And really, I just want everybody to, you know, to come out a little less battered and bruised <laughs> than we have in, in the past. I like that. Less battered and less bruised. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. But it's true. I've always thought about the things I want them to do. But there's also there's an element of protection in what you're saying, right? Like, we're gonna be battered and bruised, but maybe a little 
a little bit less. Yeah, better so. off. Yeah, and encouraged, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hurt each other less, also. You know, that's a big one. Oh, that family thing you were saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, so good to have you. We do one one thing usually at the end of our um, of our sessions, and that's I like, kind of give the mic over to Dante to tell us a little bit about a kiki. So my call to kiki this week is going to be directly related to Atlanta Pride. Go out there, reach out, volunteer, donate if you can, and find a way to be more involved. Everyone has a complaint, but if you think you have a solution, put some power behind it and stop saying things do things yeah i agree i feel like complaints without solutions i always say that at work i'm like oh you bring me a complaint without nope. a solution they'll have a solution go, yeah go, go have go. your complaint have your solution yes. where's yes. your action oh ooh, action okay that's a good one everyone has a solution they just don't do anything towards getting to it yeah so if you feel like you have a solution to a problem try to fix it i like that get like off your that. ass not to be so vulgar but it's the truth and that's the tea. Um, I will say thank you again. Thank you for all the support your organization's been to us. Uh, thank you for what you're doing in the community. On behalf of all of us, we thank you very much. And thanks for spending time with us today. It's been a pleasure. Hope to see you again soon. Yes, Absolutely. you will. You shall. And dolls, we remind you, once you've learned to love yourself, we need you to learn to love everyone else. Thanks so much. Adios. Bye.